Hello, and welcome to Creepy Core and Folklore, the show about creatures, encounters, old tales, and myths. I'm your host, Iona Wayland, a dark fantasy author, mental health professional, and overall curious person. I want to join other spooky souls and hear about these unusual stories. Hello, spooky soul, and welcome back to Creepy Core and Folklore. This is episode 34, and I'm really excited because there's a very cool holiday coming up this Friday, St. Patrick's Day. But uh, on one side of my family, um, we're all proud Irish folks. Um, We're American, but our heritage is uh, Irish. Um... And it was really neat because every year on St. Patrick's Day, we had, quote, leprechauns that delivered treats, chocolate and confetti. They were these like shamrock sequins each year. Like there there would be like these shiny green shamrock sequins that were like in everywhere. Um, It was like sequins exploded over everything. Um, Like we would open our backpack to go to like elementary school and there'd be like sequins in there or we'd like like pour out cereal and the leprechauns would put uh shamrocks all over the like like the sequin shamrocks everywhere it was like obnoxious it was so obnoxious um and you know now I realize it was my mom doing that my mom was carrying out the legacy of um these family leprechauns that we were told to have, we were fabled to have these family leprechauns uh, named Flaky and Sean. Um, it's funny because Flaky was like my mom's leprechaun or my mom's family's leprechaun. And then as I got older, I could have sworn that we had another leprechaun. She was like, oh, you can name this one. <laughs> it's like not one, we have two. And so I named him Sean. Um, And there's a whole other story for uh, another time that I could talk about, like with my brother, where I made naming your leprechaun like a rite of passage when he turned eight. It was like this whole big thing that got completely out of hand in the best way. Um, So if you ever want to know more about that, let me know and I can interview him easily. He loves talking about, you know, his fae creature that, you know, I almost said haunts him, but that's not quite right. Like, like plays tricks on him and stuff so it's a really fun uh time it was always like a really cool part of the year that I looked forward to a lot um uh strangely it was again tough to research the roots behind like common practices like common St. Patrick's Day practices um I don't know if it's because like I'm American and the USA goes a bit haywire with St. Patrick's Day um, or if it's because the traditions were lost on like, uh, like Christianization, if you can even call it that, that because I don't, I don't know, like it, it's, it's more like paganism was like tried to get rid of. It. I'll talk more about that in a second, but um, it's like, oh, was it lost? Kind of like there's this bonus. Um, episode about the Scottish Highland clearances. I know there were similar things. Uh, it's really heavy. Uh, it happened in Ireland as well, uh, where the like indigenous and um, pagan practices were tried to like eradicated, basically. And so I'm like, I wonder if like St. Patrick's Day 
was a part of this, which we'll get into in a second. But um, I just think that like, it was just really odd to figure out like, like all my sources, I usually have like, with my sources, I try and get it from like somewhat legitimate websites, like some of them are more like hearsay, whereas others are like legitimate historical sites, <laughs> um, like from museums and shit. So uh, it's just, it was just weird to see how this one was one of the ones where I had to use more like hearsay ones um, compared to tried and true like historical events on these different websites. But I'll, of course, as usual, have like my resources in the show notes if you're curious about what I used because um, sometimes whenever I use these rough uh, websites like this, um, I, I get worried about getting the information incorrect or or muddying the waters with um, wrong information. So uh, if you if you know more about St. Patrick's Day, I would love to hear about it, how you celebrate it, um, what part of the country you're in, um, or what part of the world you're in. And if you celebrate it at all, that would be really neat to hear about how how a different spooky soul celebrated St. Patrick's Day if you did do that. But here's my attempt to see what's behind these different traditions. So St. Patrick is the patron saint of Ireland. The story goes like the fable, so to speak, kind of goes that St. Patrick drove the snakes from Ireland. Um, However, historians say that most likely snakes were never there. The temperature and the nature of weather in Ireland is not conducive to like reptilian life or snake life specifically. So they were most likely never there to begin with. Um, St. Patrick uh, was likely born in Wales, specifically in the 300s to aristocratic family. Um, But uh, and he lived in like this, they think they live he lived in this, like really wealthy villa. um, And his family owned slaves, um, unfortunately. Uh, but when he was 16, he was kidnapped and forced into slavery himself as a shepherd on the coast of Ireland. Um, and he felt like it was his mission to spread the word of Christianity. And he returned and became a Christian priest and then ended up becoming a bishop. I could be wrong, <laughs> but um, well, saints are related to Catholicism, like a lot of the time. I know there are other religions that have saints, but like Catholicism is the one that like has a lot of saints in it. And I know that there's a lot of Catholicism um, and Protestantism in um, Ireland specifically, but it makes me wonder, now I need to do some research real quick to see if Protestants uh, believe in sainthood. Let me check real quick. Okay, I just entered Rabbit Hole City and you're coming with me. Um, So Protestants, a lot of, uh, Protestants, b- Protestant belief is that like sainthood is idol, idolatry, like false idols. I know in Catholicism, there are saints anywhere. Um, it says here, I looked up on Google, are there other religions that have saints like other than Catholicism? It says in English, the term saint is used to translate the idea for many world religions. So the Jewish Hasid or Sadiq, Sadiq um, the Islamic Kiddies, the Zoroastrian Fravashi, the Hindu Risi or Guru, the Buddhist Arahant or Bodhisattva, the Taoist Shendren and Shengren and the Shinto Kami. Some of these sound familiar to me, and then some of them I'm just like not as familiar with. Um, but they have all been referred to as saints. And then my very bare bones thing 
is that like I know Catholicism got spread pretty uh, rapidly because they were like, oh, well, this is very bare bones. So, you know, and I'm not saying Catholicism is evil or bad or anything. It's it's one of those things where it's like there's really good things to religion and there's really harmful things with um, certain religions. And this is one of those like, um, in, in my opinion, where it's like, oh, you can you can celebrate these, your pagan gods, but just call them Saint so-and-so and and then we won't prosecute you anymore. I think that that's like, at least my understanding of how uh, Catholic priests and missionaries kind of like spread the word um, of Catholicism and kind of did like missionary work. I think that there's, there. I have many, many thoughts about that and feelings. Um, But I think that that is from my, from what I understand how it, got spread so rapidly. Um, and so um, this next part, I'm just giving you some of this as like background in case you didn't know, you, pr- you probably already know this stuff. Um, so uh, in case you didn't know, though, I wanted to just give you that kind of background behind Catholicism, because as soon as they said priest, and like, uh, then a bishop, that's a Catholic thing. So yeah, interesting. Um And there's tons and tons of like Catholic churches called St. Patrick's and stuff like that. But back to the original story. So what actually happened with what they believe happened with St. Patrick is that he wanted his mission was to convert as many Irish pagans to Christianity as possible. And he's believed to have baptized thousands of people in Ireland. Um, And so there's this theory of the whole like they drove out the snakes. So lots of times serpents, um, which okay, another special episode, if you listen to the angel accuracy episode that talks about biblically accurate angels, specifically in uh, Christian Old Testament and the Hebrew Bible, um, you will see like, all these different kinds. Um, And one of them looks like a fiery serpent. That's what an angel looks like. And then that it's it's the cherubim. Um, And so if you're interested in biblically accurate angels, then give that a listen, because it was a wild, wild ride. But um, Satan is said to be a fallen angel, um, specifically a cherubim or a cherub. um, And Uh, that had like a serpent look. And so it said that like serpents and then colloquially it was like snakes are are evil or they represent evil. And so it's believed that the quote snakes that he rid were actually the quote evil pagans. Um, Again, lots of harm that was done if that was the case. Like, so I'm, it's just interesting how I've said it before, um, but the more research I do about into folklore and legends and things like that, the more I run into again and again, these like anti insert group of people like propaganda or stories. So it's it's very fascinating. Like I've seen um, I've run into uh, anti indigenous propaganda, anti pagan propaganda, anti Semitic propaganda, and like all in these hidden tales and stories. So it's really interesting how these things come to be. Um, but so that I'm not like such a wet blanket. <laughs> 
we can so I'm not such a downer let's move on to shamrocks so shamrocks were said to have been used by St. Patrick to um, show that the three-leafed clover is a way to spread the word about Christianity and it's that holy trinity of the father the son and the holy spirit Um, other people it's a little bit of a stretch in my opinion. Um, but some people say that it kind of looks like the cross or the crucifix because of the three leaves and the stem. It kind of looks like that. Um, it's considered a sacred plant in ancient Ireland, and it's supposed to represent rebirth and spring. The literal translation is, I'm going to mess this up, um, shamrog, which is S-E-A-M-R-O-G. It looks Gaelic to me. Um, but that is summer plant that means it literally translates to summer plant um and four leaf clovers are genetic mutations so it's said that for every ten thousand three leaf clovers there will be one four leaf what's really crazy to me is that my mom can just be like walking and will randomly just be like oh a four leaf clover and she'll like she'll just like be walking and we'll just be like anywhere, anywhere, whether it's not on a sidewalk or like in the woods and we're going on like a hike or something like anywhere. And she'll just be like, oh, look. And it's like, OK, I don't know how you did that. Um, it's kind of insane that she has that ability. Um, and yes, she's the Irish one, like I mentioned before. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe it's just an Irish trait. You know, her roots run strong. I'd love to know about your four leaf clover experiences. If you have any, it's really interesting to know that like clovers grow like all around the world in different ways. It's really neat. Um, so if you ever found a four leaf clover, that would be neat to hear about. Um, my only like cool four leaf clover story that I have was that once when I was playing soccer, this was like back in elementary school, um, I sat on the side between drills, like we did drills in groups. Oh, I think I hear my baby. Hang on, let me check on my baby and I'll come back and talk about shamrocks. It sounds like nap time's over. One second. Okay, so we are blessed once more <laughs> with the presence of the Babo. Say hi. <laughs> she didn't say hi, but she waved. Just believe me that she waved. Um, uh, it's funny because uh, the, in the beginning, I was like, <laughs> this episode is brought to you by nap time. And uh, nap time ended. Yeah, so... Um, but I'm already on a roll. I mean, I'm talking about shamrocks and shit. Like, I need to keep going at this point. Um, but so I think what I'm going to do um, is, uh, since I'm a professional, I'm going to put her in her little, like, walker thing that she loves. Um, and if you hear rolling and uh, of wheels and, like, jumping, it's because there's rolling and jumping. <laughs> And hopefully it doesn't affect the audio too much. I mean, it won't be right next to the microphone, but yeah, let's see how the let's see how this goes. Oh, before I get her set up, um, I want to see if I can make her make the pirate sound. Um, we have not repeated any other animal like any animal sounds, but she'll repeat like what the pirate said. So, it, <clears throat> yes, good job. Arr. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, and she can. Okay, so this is the Babo update. Um, she has she said hi to me and waved. So that was a big deal. That had just happened this past weekend. She says, uh, Mama was her first word. I'm just gonna always hang on to that. Day Day was her second word. Baba for a bottle. Um, 
was her third word. And she recently had her fourth word, which is egg. She will ask to look at the chickens and get eggs by saying egg. And every time my husband takes her out there and finds an egg with her, she says egg. And that is pretty exciting. Um, And she also likes to, she's like a pretty active kiddo. Um, And she likes to jump around and like bang on things. And so I actually, actually got her these like for like Easter time or the spring equinox time, these uh, egg shaker they're like maracas but like in an egg shape i guess i don't know i've if they're another kind of instrument or if they just made maracas like that egg shape but i'm gonna see if she likes them because i have a feeling that she's gonna like them a lot but yeah that's the babo update okay while my child pretends to be a mechanic because we like to look at how wheels roll on our you know thing here we're just trucking along (laughs) Man, I hope this doesn't mess with the audio. It probably will, but I don't have another time to record this, so we're just going to go with it. (laughs) Thank you for bearing with me. Okay, so my only four-leaf clover experience that was, like, pretty amazing to me was that, so I was, like, waiting. Oh, boy. Okay, take 1,000. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It wasn't that many times. Um, But back to four-leaf clovers. So... The coolest story I have, um, I was playing soccer. I was like in elementary school. We were doing these like drills with two chunks of the team and I was like waiting for our turn again. And um, where I was sitting, I found a whole patch of four, five, six, and I think one or two seven leaf clovers. No more than like no more than seven though. And it was when, you know, like I was young enough to wonder if Flaky or Sean or Leprechauns had been there. You know what? I don't even know who I'm kidding right now. If I found a chunk of of multiple leaf clovers that were like like four and above, I would think some sort of something, something ex- like extraterrestrial <laughs> or um, or uh, fey related or something was there. It's, it's like finding a ring of mushrooms where you're like, mm, what's this? Um, that I, I just and I still remember it like I still remember that moment. So it's pretty obviously impacted me where I like felt really magical in that moment. And last but certainly not least and of course there's tons of other uh saint patrick's day uh celebration and traditions um i only know about like uh, appalachian american uh irish traditions or irish american traditions so i would love to hear about your experiences because i'm sure they're different um or maybe some of them overlap with with the things uh people in my family did but uh We've got the man, the myth, the legend, the leprechaun. Um, they are known to be very solitary, all green. Sometimes they're even depicted as having like green skin and green hair and green outfits, of course, which I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, they're considered like maybe fae, like a fairy or sprite. Um, and they're said to have a stash of gold, but they are mischievous. And if you catch them, they'll they'll try anything to avoid giving it up. Um, I used to think they were so like sneaky and miserly, but now I'm like, why did I feel like I was entitled to their gold? And I'd also be the same way. Like if I had a pot of gold, I'd be like, um, I don't know where it is. Like, I, what do you, what gold, what are you talking about? 
origins of the leprechaun date back all the way to like the eighth century. I'm sure even before that they were around, but um, it's said to be like um, there, there's a couple possibilities where they came from, or maybe they do have multiple origins. So one are water spirits. Those are called Lucorpan or small body is how it literally translates to. Um, it's said that these spirits merged with the stories of like household, the household fairy um, and the house fae where they would like kind of raid cellars and drink everything, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> like really, they just wanted to booze it up, I guess. Um, it also could come from the word Lathbrogan or shoemaker um, because historically they were seen as like they were sometimes seen as cobblers um so it's unsure how the pot of gold came into play especially the whole rhetoric behind it's hidden at the end of the rainbow i think that was kind of said like in a cheeky way because you can never catch up with the rainbow but maybe there is more that i just didn't read about um related to rainbows and how they tied into leprechauns so some like historian historians and like folklorists will say that like you know how is a leprechaun going to spend the gold like it's not actually like useful for them monetarily so it's possibly used for the sole pur- purpose of tricking humans um they're rarely caught but if so uh they can usually trick the person uh that is holding them captive by like u- using the person's greed against them there are many Irish folks to this day that are upset with the like and frustrated with like the ethnic stereotypes that are like played out as a leprechaun, like in the imagery of leprechaun, especially as it's like image has gotten a bit bastardized over the years. And especially when used for different like, um, you know, like mascots or um symbolism and things like that from people who aren't of Irish descent it it can get a little wonky with the imagery so that goes back to like originally how they were portrayed was not in green at all they looked like a tiny human um but they were dressed in red outfits and tri-cornered hats which every time I think of a tri-cornered hat I think of a pirate and you've heard it from the Babo herself what pirates sound like they're said to be all males and they it's like oh okay well if all of them are cis men or type uh creatures then how do they reproduce um and it's they also said that they're supposed to be like they're apparently the deformed children of the fairies which i'm like now we're getting into some interesting lore here don't know how that came about um so there's just a lot of it and i i saw them more as related to sprites not so much fairies but I don't know, maybe there's a a bit more to untangle here when it comes to the leprechaun. Um, Leprechaun legend is over a thousand years old, but sightings, there was like the most recent sighting that is of like, I guess of merit, according to this particular um, article, was this um, pub owned by this landlord, PJ O'Hare. It was in um, Carlingford County. Uh, he heard screams from a well and when he went there there was only like the clothes left of like tiny clothes and he he actually displays it now in the pub and what's really neat which I thought was 
fun um, was that the town had an annual leprechaun hunt to find the plastic version of a leprechaun in Carlingford. And what's neat is that like, I always looked forward to St. Patrick's Day. Um, When I was little, I could have sworn I saw Flaky and then Sean later on. Um, Sean, who I called, you know, like, like my leprechaun and stuff. And it was like a fun thing. But I, I could have sworn like, I mean, I still remember seeing some things. And I don't know if I'm misremembering something or, or if there's merit to it. But it was really neat to think about. And I freaked out some of my friends (laughs) by being like, I see him. And they're like, Oh, my God especially at sleepovers. Um, and it was just neat to have like kind of, we would almost have like a scavenger hunt or like follow the those freaking shamrock sequins where it's like follow the sequins and you'll find your presence. And it was usually like a patch of clover that you could like grow um, or continue growing um, or everything dyed green. And we would just like eat the, <laughs> the food that was dyed green. <laughs> um, and it was just like a lot of fun. So... Um, I, I would love to hear about what your experiences or your beliefs about the leprechaun or any kind of fey folks surrounding St. Patrick's Day or with Ireland. Like, I'd love to hear any and all of those kinds of things. I'd love to hear about any plans for St. Patrick's Day. If you celebrate, everyone that I know of celebrates completely differently. So that would be really neat to hear about. I would love if you emailed me. Um, It's always so fun to talk to a fellow spooky soul. Uh, and I think how I'm going to celebrate this year, um, I'm, I'm retiring the, <laughs> I'm retiring the shamrock sequins and any sequins or glitter of any kind for now. Um, and I think I'm just going to focus on making sure I feed clovers to the bunnies and the horses and then maybe like wearing green or something or dressing the baby up in green if you know, she'll let me because she has a mind of her own. Um, So I hope that everyone has a happy St. Patrick's Day and a great week. Um, And I will talk to you next week. What does the pirate say? (laughs) (laughs) Not, I thought you're supposed to say R. Yeah. Thanks to all you spooky souls out there for listening to Creepycore and Folklore. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok if you're looking for more uncanny content. If you have your own tales to tell, you can email creepycoreandfolklore at gmail.com. If you liked this, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts, or tell a friend who might enjoy these stories to spread the word. If you're interested in dark fantasy, check out my Hollowverse series. Ashes is available now in paperback and ebook on Amazon and audiobook on Audible, and the sequel is underway. I'm Iona Wayland, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>